Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what? I said I was going to come in with a Christmas song and you're just belching down the microphone. That's disgusting, Jonathan. What's your excuse? I just had a coffee. Coffee? In a, in a sports direct mug. Okay. Is it carbonated? No. So why did you burp? I don't know. <laughs> just... I don't think I think of. I've had some liquidy, maybe, was that? <laughs> maybe your technique of drinking needs some work, needs some improvement, and you're taking in too much air when you kind of gobble stuff. I did gobble it down quite quick. Yeah, I bet you did. Heard that about you before. <laughs> we... It's a bit like last week's episode with Tony. Lads, lads, lads. Have you listened? 20... Did you listen? To be honest, I've never listened to any podcast. Ever. What? Any podcast or just our own? Hardly any, really. I... So, so not any then, so you lied, basically. So basically no one can trust you because you just lied. <laughs> I'm Boris. Yeah, were you some sort of politician? Don't, men- don't mention that cunt's name on our fucking podcast. No, I couldn't go into politics because there's so many bellends on there. It's incredible. It's so corrupt, mate. That's why I couldn't go in. I'd feel like I'm drowning in corruption if I tried. Funny thing is, right, um, I had a conversation with one of my clients who's um, very into politics as well, and we do talk a lot about politics. Um, in fact, we talk more about politics than with the... Well, actually, say client, ex-client now, but... Um, He's looking at uh, rejoining New Year. By the by, not really relevant. But anyway, we talk a lot about politics. And um, he said, why don't you get into politics? And I am genuinely considering trying to look at my, my kind of local MPs and seeing what roles they're potentially around um, to kind of get some sort of involvement. Because I feel like, obviously, the general election, you get one vote, but there's so much more stuff you can do, um, start on, obviously, in your own home, um, in your own community. And I think maybe I would enjoy having kind of a bit more of influence don't know give it a go and find out yeah I don't really know kind of like where you start into, not that I ever want to be like an MP I don't ever want to be a member of parliament I don't think I just like I say I think I'd drown in corruption I think it would kill me but I wouldn't mind having a bit more influence in terms of kind of helping the local communities and stuff and I don't I, the problem is I don't really know what it looks like I've got no vision in terms of what that looks like or what kind of opportunities there are for people because obviously I've never done it before so I did say I think I might I might look into it and see. My only worry is just taking on too much. Obviously, we've kind of you know like already working four days a week in a corporate job. Obviously, helping you lot run this nutrition consultancy, um, working with the Norwich City ladies football team, having two kids and a family. It's just like oh, can I really start doing other extracurricular stuff? I don't know. Ah, don't bother. Probably not. I mean, yeah, fair. The amount of time I'm spending in politics Facebook groups, I might as well do something because it's ridiculous. How dragged in I keep getting, but I just don't. I just don't. I just don't call on items. Like, what's the point? Best not to. Best not to. I was just speaking to Sam Dimmick, actually. Um, you know Sam, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just speaking to him about like politics and stuff again, and kind of different views on in terms of like kind of like how the effects of Brexit are potentially. You know the the, the effects of potentially another five years or more of a Conservative government, and um, yeah, I said the same to him about kind of getting involved and stuff, but. He said, oh, I don't think I can really get involved in too much. I just think it's not worth your time. I said, yeah, it is a bit like that. Like, you kind of have to give 95% effort to get a 5% return. And when you put it like that, you think, I don't think it's worth your time. Yeah, but generally, you're talking to people who are stupid. Yeah. Like, I'm not the I'm not the brightest interest of politics, but a lot of people voted for Brexit because they genuinely thought it would stop all immigration. That's how stupid people are. Uh-huh. That's how stupid people are. And they forget then, hmm, 
who treated on the dogs the other day? Hmm, probably an immigrant. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, these people are so stupid. Yeah. I do agree. I think it's it's overstated by some people. Like everyone says, like, oh, the UK's racist. So I'm like, well, no, the whole UK clearly isn't racist. Like, let's not overstate it. But I do believe a lot of people, certainly a lot of the older generation as well, um, have voted because they don't like an influx of of kind of immigrants that, ironically, probably pay more taxes than a lot of the the actual kind of UK born and bred people, um, and probably contribute still a lot more to the economy than UK born and bred people, which is weird really like you say the amount of professional services we have in terms of things like doctors dentists and that type of stuff that are people coming from from obviously all over the world if we didn't have them we might actually run out of doctors we might run out of dentists we might run out of all those skilled things i mean even a lot of the kind of the lower grade jobs which a lot of the eastern europeans do someone's got to do them if, if they aren't able to work here I and mean, i know there's obviously some you know hopefully some freedom of work in laws or, or under the eu regulations that will now be uk law so i'm not sure how much of that will even change if people did base stuff on immigration but and i also said it's funny for the people that did think the kind of like brexit was was around immigration the irony is like the the bit i just said about immigrants the people that are here that they send probably don't actually mind being here are legal immigrants the ones that are, are here that they probably hate are illegal immigrants. And if you change the laws, they're still illegal immigrants. So it's not really going to change what they're trying to get, or it's not going to achieve what they want to achieve, which is like the irony of people voting for Brexit because they feel like, oh, it's going to get all those immigrants out of our country. So, no, it's not, because they're here illegally, which is why, like, if it was a case of that, you change all the, the laws were and that would get them out, then they wouldn't be here anyway. So... I think a lot of people know they're taking over jobs. No, actually, they're not. No, they're really not. That's, I mean, that's the irony of it. Like a lot of the job, if you can't, if if your if your first language is English speaking and someone that's second language is not, or, or not their first language is English speaking, and they can take a job from you, in air quotes, you know, they've taken our jobs. Then it's I would safe. say you probably need to work on something in terms of either your skills, abilities, or you know, kind of the way you come across in interviews or whatever reason it is you're not getting jobs because it's probably not because you know immigrants are taking your jobs. Look, when people want to be paid loads of money for doing menial tasks. Yeah. Like, the, like I don't agree with the, min, the minimum wage being 10 per an hour it's ridiculous because yeah. people just don't do anything just go work in whatever for 10 per an hour when you go skill people go to college for 4, 5, 6 years get paid 4 per an hour more it's just ridiculous people who want to get paid for doing as little work as possible that's why the Germans work less hours and that's they're more efficient and produce more did, did you say you don't agree in the minimum wage being 10 pound or obviously yeah, labor's promise was 10 pound 50 I do not agree with it, no. Really? It's ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous. That's controversial. No, it's ridiculous. I think you're generalising a little bit. I think you're probably not thinking it through. I'm, I'm giving you more credit than maybe I should. But <laughs> no, honestly, the only thing is for for a lot of people, ten pound fifty an hour doesn't actually allow them to have a true like living wage in terms of being able to afford stuff. But how do how do businesses afford to go from seven pound to ten or fifteen hour? It doesn't work. Is it? It's just put them under business, mate. Not necessarily. I I I, they, I don't know all the facts. Um, so I'm not going to have a massive debate about it because I don't, and, and I say a massive debate. I'm not going to be able to like basically give you all the information you need to change your mind potentially because I don't think I've got it. But I don't, from what I have seen about it, like everyone goes about, well, if you raise that, then the wages got to go up, and then that means obviously business got to then put their products up prices, and then no one will buy them. And I think there's <laughs> there's fundamentally some massive steps in there that are in between that people don't consider because I don't think, like, I mean, one, not everyone's on minimum wage anyway <laughs> now. You know, it's not like everyone's like. Someone used an example of like, oh, if a baker puts his, if a baker employs people and they've got to put their wage up, then they've got to charge more for their bread. It's like, well, not necessarily because I think, obviously, not everyone's on minimum wage, so it's not like a direct increase of X amount. Obviously, things like bread, say, 
is like something that you might buy one, two loaves a week and it lasts you an entire week. Whereas obviously, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm butchering this. It's a terrible example. Like I said, I don't, have all, I don't have the facts or figures, but I think it's not as quite as easy as like people make out to say why it's a bad idea is because prices have to go up. Which a lot of people probably, seem to think, but... Probably is more than do it, but I'm thinking if you pay someone who's doing, who's sweeping a floor for 10 or 15, you know, who's got, who needs who 10 million people to do that one job, the person, I don't know, five rungs above him, who's currently on 15 quid an hour, say, who five people can do his job, then his wage should double or triple. So it's like, where are they getting money from to pay for that? Because otherwise you're going to go, right, you've got skill, we're going to pay you two per hour more than someone's got no skill. They're going to go, well, about, in fact, right off. You pay me loads of money and go on somewhere else. Yeah, that's what will happen. I don't know if it's quite as simple as that either. Because if, if I was getting paid a pound hour more than someone with no skill, I wouldn't be happy. Well, I think people do that now, though. Then people just go, oh, I want bubble work and I'll just go on benefits. But they don't. Well, most people don't. Obviously, there aren't some exceptions, but most people don't. I think there's always a case of that people still want to bet themselves, even if it's not proportional, even if it's not a case of, you know, I'm bettering myself by going to college or, or university or getting all these other skills, say. Um, and I'm only earning a few quid more an hour than someone that has none of those. I think it's not that proportional. But what, one of the things, I suppose, the points around minimum wage, what you do tend to find is obviously it should then increase the economy because those people should then be paying more back into the economy through taxes and obviously having a bit more money to spend and generate obviously more GDP and stuff like that. So they obviously it's, it is complex. The whole the, the thing is complex. And I think us as a nation, we get a bit like, I don't know, what's the word? Quick fire. No, I can't think of the right phrase, but we bait, we bait, get a bit jumpy and we sort of suddenly just come to some, oh, whoa, 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 we can't do that. And then we actually thought it through how it works. And I think, I know we should be talking about politics on nutrition, politics on nutrition podcast, and so maybe we'll move on after this. But like everyone said that about the Labour manifesto and saying, oh, this is a crazy idea, it's fucking mad. But no one actually sort of sat down and thought about it, like, oh, we're going to get this money from your magic money tree. It's like, well, actually, no, we've got a plan here that's actually reviewed by 162 odd economists or something that actually said it's very workable and mirrors a lot of the kind of like the rest of Europe, some of the Scandinavian countries and other stuff, which isn't out there. It's already working for them, actually. So why do you think it's crazy for us? And that's what I mean by the amount of people that just kind of just have this jump, snap, snap reaction about, oh, there's no way we can do it. I think it's just something that we do as a nation quite well, as in do it very poorly, but we do it well. We make snap judgments very well. But like you just did about your £10.50 an hour thing. I did, yeah. But I am with all the facts, so my initial thought is that. Yeah. The, the thing I is, right... Change. The thing it wouldn't is, like, change until I get more facts. No, exactly. And I think well, that's fair. I, I think that's fair. As long as you're then open-minded to go, right, okay, I'll go find the facts. Like going back to Sam, conversation I had with him, is he, he said, I've been actively trying to get people, because he's a leaver, as a Remainer, sorry. Um, and he said, I've been actively trying to work out now that we are going to leave. Right, okay, let's just speak to some fucking reasonable, sensible people and just get their opinion on why they think it's a good reason. So, which is, so he can basically understand. And maybe if it changes his mind, brilliant. I think that's a good attitude to have. Well, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Yeah. People can people can disagree with people, which is how, how it's only to be calling them dickheads or scumbags just who disagree with them, isn't it? No. Which is what you know, what people do, don't they? Yeah. Well, we, mate, they, we in the nutrition realm, yeah. we see it day in day out. The amazing thing is people argue a point about something they know nothing about. I'm like, how are you arguing when you know nothing about? The, clearly, you know nothing about the subject because you were talking absolute nonsense. However, you believe you know a lot. That's yeah. the thing in general, isn't it? People yeah. believe they know a lot; they generally don't genuinely mate i found myself kind of working my way into that trap where i've kind of started a conversation very open-minded and because of the actions of the other individual i've almost dug my heels in and end up like, like arguing a point like i'm i know it's fact and then i kind of check myself later on and think 
fuck, I've actually really almost pushed myself to argue against this so far that I'm actually not really, can't, can't, I can't back it up because I've argued it to a point now where, oh shit, maybe I'm not right. I think it's, it's the same with people in general. Generally, in every subject, when people don't, they don't think that they don't, they, they will look at, all right, look to any, any documentary on any subject on any TV program. Are people looking, most people look and think this is 100% true. More, a lot of the time. They're not going to think, hmm, right. Is that really true? That sounds a bit far-fetched. Is it really true? Can I do some research? And what they do, they, they may have gone, yeah, let's do some research. This refers to nutrition as well. They've gone on Google and usually find some divvy on Instagram who's just got loads of likes who happens to be on the top of Google for a certain subject and they listen to that and they go, oh, it must be true because this guy's saying it. Well, that guy's just another guy who I'm going to I'm going to clear what he's talking about. I think it is, sometimes it is hard to get information you need, isn't it? Because you have to be relatively, what did you mean for? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> but it's that like people just believe everything you say. It's like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Honestly, the people in, in working with me, I've seen Game Changers, I'm, I'm going to vegan, I'm thinking, why? I don't, I don't, I don't say anything because it's pointless. I'm thinking, it's not worth getting into, it's not worth no, getting into conversation, not. is it? In any, in any, I don't know, it's like a subject that produces emotion and that's what it does. Nutrition does, politics do. People just don't really think right, actually. Is this true? Where's the research? What am I doing with this? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just like, well, oh, well, it works to me. So yeah, this, this aligns both politics and nutrition as well. Because there's so much stuff in the media about a lot of these things as well, people just go, well, the media says it, so it must be true. It's like, no, the media might actually have an agenda of some sort. Like because the media is generally owned by billionaires like Rupert Murdoch and the Barclay brothers. There's like five people that own 80% of the British tabloids. Do you think that they don't control what goes out in the media because it affects them directly in their pocket based on things like politics? And obviously, do you not think that nutrition companies have, or not nutrition companies, but companies that are involved in nutrition have very similar um, <coughs> conflicts of interest? Game changers. Yeah. They're all... Our products are vegan, so yeah, it's kind of like you didn't realize that James Cameron apparently has rumored to invest a hundred million dollars, one hundred million dollars into um, into a plant protein or plant a, pro, a plant based protein supplement company, I think something like that. Mm. Basically, it's like he's probably got a bit of an agenda, really. Then, if you think about it, um, hmm, I wonder why he's done a, a vegan documentary. Yeah, sounds a bit. Well, actually, take it back. Take it back. Actually. Apparently, listening to the Joe Rogan second podcast that had both James Wilkes, so the guy, the UFC fighter that was in the actual documentary, and Chris Cresser, who is a, um, well, he's some sort of naturopath. Like, his his background and his um, official or his professional learning is in, like, acupuncture or something. So it's kind of, that threw me off a bit, like, oh, really? Because obviously acupuncture is not particularly evidence-based. However, the way he put across the evidence base on plant-based stuff was actually in my opinion pretty good like he knew the evidence base quite well and he could dissect a lot of the stuff quite well so that kind of that, oh, I was like oh shit right when I found out his background I was thinking oh maybe he's not legit but his, his opinion is basically like me anyway when Ed James on there James categorically said so the guy who was in the documentary oh no it wasn't a vegan documentary it was a plant based one we never said that it's solely plant based or completely excludes animal products I'm like did he watch it back I'm pretty sure that whether they ever said, they maybe never said, like, we don't think you should have animal meats. They definitely said stuff like, these studies show eating animal meats causes cancer. These studies show animal meats decreases performance. These studies, blah, blah. I'm like, if you didn't say it, 
I think it's very fair and safe to say that you definitely inferred or implied um, that animal products bad, plant products good. It's kind of like, and he, but he's claiming that was never the the basis of the documentary. I'm like, you're fucking joking, seriously. That's that's not. The people in the documentary are saying that, then you can just write off documentary loads of shit, yeah. which was which is what it was. Well, if he, if the thing is that people who do this or the people who make this on on any subject, politics, nutrition, they rely on people just accepting it, which most people do because they do, they cannot critically think. Not well. People don't, do they? People cannot critically think. They can't. It's not possible. And when they do think, oh, I know something about the subject, they'll argue blue in the face when they don't really know that much about it. With someone who knows something about it. It's, it's mental. It's like the anti, anti-vaxxers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like, I'd never comment because it's like, well, what's the point? But it's like, the people rely on other people not doing any research and then blindly accepting it. Well, they, they, the, like the game change thing was an ideal example of where they can make, like, if you do it well enough and smartly enough, you can definitely make things look credible. Like, it, it was a very credible looking documentary in the, in the production, the way it's done, the way they reference studies, the way they like, like they slowly inferred stuff like plant based and performance and played on kind of like the masculinity part. Um, that that's very clever, and it is like there's no wonder so many people were bought in by it in terms of saying, "Oh fuck, I've watched this. Have you seen it? Oh, I'm gonna start going plant based." It's kind of like Jesus, like, but it is no wonder people got so bought into it because it is very well done. But you can show, like you say, how easy it is to sway people because, let's be honest, not very quickly minded. I don't know whether that's a fault of their own or just fault of this never the, really yeah, needing to. This is it. And I think, like, I know we keep showing this 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 parallel or mirror of politics, but I think the same thing. Like, the amount of media stuff that goes out, like, about, or like this media bias to the right, so kind of pro conservative um, and, and pro capitalism type, type stuff. I don't know whether it's the people's fault for not. And obviously, like some some people here might be like capitalists themselves, or they might be like Tory voters and believe in their policies. Might think you're talking bollocks, you're an idiot, you're so biased. But just assume that I am correct and that there is a media bias because I know there is because you, you've got to look at the independent research that shows there is. Haha. <laughs> um, that they might think, oh well, is it is it our fault for obviously believing and not thinking critically about these types of things, or is it the you know the actual media's fault or the, you know the, the the people's fault that pulling out this bullshit because. I don't know what the I, I kind of think it's got to be a mixture of both. There needs to be. I mean, if you're talking about both nutrition and politics, there needs to be better regulation of the lies and propaganda that goes out there. But at the same time, people also need to take responsibility um, about, you know, having a, a critical mindset and making sure they do actually have the facts and they're not just falling for fucking propaganda. Which is what a lot of people do. You, you look at that, what was Lauren Goodyear said in Book DT. If you think that teasing make you lose weight, what planet are you living on? Well, this so this is where better regulation comes in. You've obviously seen this week the BBC sting. Uh, I think it was BBC, but they've obviously got three uh, air quotes celebrities and like Lauren, whatever faces, um, who you just said, and then a couple of you from Towie, or was it one someone from Towie and someone from somewhere else? Lauren Love, Silicon Love, Face. Love Island, yeah, her, yeah, um, and Love. I think it was Love Island Girl actually, wasn't it? When I was reading it, if I remember now. But obviously got them to promote a weight loss drink called what was it, Cyanara or something? They had like they advertised the ingredients as like um, hydrogen cyanide in it or something like that. They're like, yeah, you take this. It's got this ingredient. It's a fat burning. They think no, it's well, it is fat burning, I suppose, in terms of you'll die and you'll lose lots of weight. But it's kind of like it shows you really that 
you just can't, you need to make sure that you know your facts. This goes on to the type of the stuff that we were talking about with Tony last week um, about him talking about social media influencers and the dangers that they have. Because obviously these are social media influencers because they've got fucking millions or hundreds of thousands and millions of followers between them. And they're actually promoting poison, literal poison, you know, like cyanide will kill you if you if you have enough of it. And obviously enough of it is not very much. You know, we're not exactly. talking about trace elements that you get in fucking apple pips. We're talking about, you know, actual amounts that will easily kill you. And they're promoting this stuff. Clearly they never drunk that product because one, the, the sting was like, you know, we need you to promote it, haven't not tried it yet because it's still in production. You know, haha, it's still in production, you can't have it. And obviously they've, they're now saying they didn't agree to do it, but clearly they did because if not, they wouldn't be on camera fucking talking about it. Um, a lot of them are saying, oh, it was, no, it was an audition. Like if I'd have known when it comes to the crunch, I would never have done it. But they, obviously we were just kind of auditioning. I was like, no, you were actually doing it. You were prepared to do it. So don't try and backtrack now. Um, I think they should be made accountable. Yeah, they? exactly. Exactly what it should be. So at least now they've been kind of outed, whether they get held accountable, but at least they've been outed, outed which is which is something. Like, it, it gives people at least something to think about. Oh, shit, if I fell for that and I would have kind of bought the stuff of them. What else am I falling for? I need to maybe be a bit more critical. Hopefully, it should be like right. She's willing to promote this, which could kill, which could have killed people, or could have mentally affected them. You know, teenagers who died, especially females. Right, how much are you worth? A million pound. Right, we're going to fine you nine hundred ninety thousand pound. Half the period you're going to go to jail. So there we are. There's the example. Anybody does that, that's what's going to happen. How many people would do it after that? No one. Just make smash one person. Bosh. All that. Right. That's it. Well, sorry, I pressed it, but because the window went highlighted, it didn't actually press the unmute button. It just like, highlighted the window. So now I'm carrying on talking when it was still muted. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is they should definitely punish. I don't know if I've like, taken every single cent. Yeah, fucking right. I kind of figured, we'll, do it well I suppose, I, no, I suppose actually, take it back, if they made the money through promoting it. So if they made a million pounds promoting that product, then yeah, I think oh, take it should off. take it all. Yeah. Um, you know what's the worst thing as well? If someone criticised them on social media now, if there's a lot of barrage of abuse for her, which should, rightly should be. They'll claim the victim. The neck, oh, they claim the victim and all the mental health issues. No, you haven't. You lying fuck. You've just been caught out and you just don't like it. Yeah. So shove your mental health issues up your ass. Yeah. Stop doing cocaine on the weekends. Oof, that's, is that libel? Are you going to get in trouble? you get sued? Don't care. Mate, they ain't listening. Who gives a fuck? That's the thing, isn't it? They get called out because of what they've done and then they, oh, it's, it's bullying. No, it's not. You've just been called out. Because I imagine... Imagine like me, you know, so this, God forbid, in 20 years' time, the girls are trying to do and they hurt themselves. You can go and find them anew, right then. Who am I going to have to work to find this person? So they deserve everything they get. Mental health issues, my ass. You're on mute. Done it again. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yovana Mendoza, vegan fake YouTuber. Do you remember her? No. Basically, she was claimed to be vegan, and then someone, I think, like in one of her YouTube videos, her vlogging videos, found like a, or noticed like there's a plate of fish in front of her or something like that. It's like, oh, sorry, yes. I had to apologise to everyone and say, I'm not really vegan um, because I had to go to the doctor several months ago and uh, because my hair was falling out and loads of other stuff along with it. So I've secretly been not vegan, but I've been doing all these vegan 
um, videos on YouTube to make money. It's kind of like, oh, okay. That's probably not really very ethical or moral. It's ter- terrible, isn't it? Yeah, we it live is in a terrible. shocking world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh. It's like, that's what I'm saying. When people are so either so motivated and like have this will to be either famous or rich or both that they'll resort to doing stuff like that does kind of show you the contempt of this entire world this this population because it is disgusting like but any of these celebrities being like Tawina they're never going to be big time celebrities because they're never they're not going to be they're not going to be like a fucking it is enough for them to just be on TOWIE or to be on Made in Chelsea or those types of programs. It's enough to be on there because obviously, oh no, I've got several thousand you know, Twitter account followers or Instagram followers now and I can get into clubs for free or, you know, get in the VIP, the usual stuff. Or get, oh yeah, I'll get I'll get a job on Love Island now as well and make £100,000 or something. Bloody hell. What world do we live in, hey Jonathan? What world do we live in? Uh, at the minute, well the UK in particular is a very stupid one. It is a very stupid one, full of Full of conservative voters, chortle, chortle. Just we're, we're talking about politics because it's it's on trend at the moment. That's why you know if you don't like it, then don't listen to a politics podcast. Oh shit, that's a problem. It's a nutrition one, isn't it? <laughs> that's where we're yeah, right, yeah. we're talking about politics. Um, anyway, so um, how has your week been, Jonathan? We are twenty five minutes in. That's ridiculous. Well, I finished I finished work Friday morning, so I'm now currently on uh, eighteen days. That is nice. Mm. That is works well. This is. We're so well this year. So we finish on a Friday, go back on the 6th, is it? 6th, whatever the Tuesday is in January. Yeah. And then I'm back for eight shifts. So four and four off. Four and four off. Mm-hmm. And then I'm off for another nearly three weeks. We're in Germany. Germany. Doing some more, um, is it racing? Bathroom. Yeah. Bathroom yeah. racing with the army, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And then... You're not, just for people listening, Johnny's not actually competing in it. No, he's no, no, yeah, and uh, we are doing the results. <clears throat> so, and then back to work for three cycles, so twelve shifts, twelve days, and then stag do, back to work for eight, eight seven cycles, and then wedding. Wedding, yes. That's not my week, obviously, but I just decided to talk about that. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's just whatever the public will be interested in knowing. So, none of that probably. If your week's anything like mine, boring. So, can't think what I've even done this week. If I'm totally honest. And I got four abs now, by the way. Have you? Wow, that's four more than me probably now then. I, I'm up to 190 pounds. You? Yeah. I'm two or one, I think, at the minute. Yeah, okay. Good. As heavy as I've ever been with, you know, don't get me honest, they're not full abs. Like, but some, I need to die. Some, some realm, some, some realms yeah. or, or vision of yeah. some outlines yeah. or something. Yeah. So my, my waist is 33 and a half a minute. And yeah, the ever have been, yeah, four, I think it's 14 stone and a bit, or three or four or something, whatever, whatever, 201 pound is. Yeah. Good, glad to hear it. What do you win stone now? 14. Uh, that's 86 yeah. odd kilos, I think. So what's that in stone? Um, yeah, about, about 13 and a half, maybe 14. I don't even really know. Worked out. Shouldn't be that hard. I mean, you can obviously do 190 divided by 14 and see what it comes out as. What was that? I'll do it. I told you six foot, didn't it? Divide, yeah. That is 13.5, so nearly just over 13 off stay. 13.5. I, I, I want to be on there by late January, February. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually reasonably okay. Obviously, we're, we're going to do an episode about my experiment, aren't we? Probably for next week. So those listening, make sure you get next week's. I think it'll be done by then. But obviously, so we're going to talk about this. I don't want to give away too much, but 
I'm reason. Obviously, there's moments where I'm not overly comfortable with with parts of my physique, but I'm quite happy given how much I know weigh and kind of other variables or measurements and stuff like that. You know, things have that's probably been a worthwhile experiment. And I'm not saying I'd do this exactly the same again, but without giving too much away, but you know, it's worth the win. It's been it's been an experience, but anyway, it's been a worthwhile experience, even if it's something that you wouldn't necessarily repeat. It's my observation because you've done it. Ed's done it. And people I know locally, well, people I know done it. You get shredded once to competition type level. Well, if you, you never get fat again. You know what I mean? I, know it's, it's not, I don't mean fat as in, you mean competition fat. It's, yeah. it's not fat. But you you never get, these people have all, have all been relatively heavy apart from you and Ed. But you've been before, pre, you've oh, previously, you? they never get they always they gain weight, but they just look better. So they gain weight and they still look good. If you know what I mean? They still look in shape. So when they die down and they get bigger, so everyone who's ever got down to that level has never gone back. If you know what I mean? Well, save that save that conversation for obviously when we when we talk about my experiment, because that probably be a useful avenue to go down. Because mm. I've been I've been shredded like thirteen and a half. It wasn't shredded, but we shredded twelve and a half. But I can put it back on to be like, oh, you look a bit shit. But if you go. To that level, it just doesn't come back. Yeah, but I was yeah. really trying. <laughs> well, maybe that's where I'm at at the minute. But as I say, I don't want to spoil too <laughs> too much. What's your heaviest before? Before um, you started training? Well, it's, it's hard to say because I reckon my heaviest was probably about fifteen and a half, maybe sixteen stone at six foot. But obviously, bear in mind that was like with no real training, so it's 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 difficult because obviously that doesn't seem low. Like if you said fifteen and a half, maybe I guess that doesn't feel like massively heavy at six foot. But for someone that basically probably held very little or no muscle mass, it probably is quite heavy. Because um, there's an element of obviously as you start training, you, you kind of build some muscle mass. You're going to obviously put on some lean weight, some lean body mass. So it kind of distorts the idea of like, oh, it's not like I was ever 20 stone, but I was 16 stone of like nothing. Of like basically just fat. So, yeah. There's a big difference between a 16 stone fat boy and a 16 stone Rider who's trained for fifteen years, and there's a big difference in terms of aesthetics. Massively, yes, yes, they do look very, very different. So, um, which to be fair, is the same as like a t- there's there's a massive difference between twelve stone of someone like uh, who's lean and muscular, and twelve stone of someone that's never trained in their life. Massive difference. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, my week's been boring, really, mate. So I don't think I've really done a lot. A um, couple of Christmas parties or nights out and stuff, and. Got a bit merry, wee, but bit merry, a bit merry, but nothing too much. Oh, shout out, Paul Cocker. Anyone's interested? He had a baby boy. We arrived early. It was due on Christmas Day, but I think it was always going to be early because I think they had a C-section booked in for like the week before or something. But um, little Charlie George, I think it's Charlie, but I think it's George in the middle name. So Charlie George Cocker. I'm assuming it's Cocker. He hasn't actually said what's saying because obviously he's not married to Kate. But I'm assuming it's taken or he hit. He is taking the Cocker surname. Be honest, if I had a choice, I'd be ditching it. I wouldn't be saying Cocker. <laughs> People might be going, Who's Paul Cocker? Paul C, you know, because he hides his surname. Mr. Cocker. <laughs> Mr. Cocker. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Paul and Kate and family. Obviously, great news to hear. I've, a week old now. I think all is all is very well. So, that's good to know. Life changing. Yeah, it is. It is. Obviously, uh, Kate's got a. At least one child, maybe two actually, from a previous relationship, whereas Paul, this is his first. So um, it will very much be life-changing for him, I'm sure. He said, um, reference to some conversations that I'd had with him before about like when you have a kid, yeah, 
your, your, your mindset on everything absolutely switches, doesn't it? Like you'll know, obviously from from Eliza, but like it, you just have a different mindset on stuff. Like it's almost like you don't know what love is as well until you obviously have a child. And he said, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Like it's almost like the second it comes out and they lay, they obviously stick. Like you go, oh, take your shirt off, you know, do a bit of skin to skin. And you're like, all of a sudden like, whoa, like what the hell? And it's just your, your mindset changes, doesn't it? So. Oh, 100%. And you just do like anything uh-huh. to protect them. You? you die. You die tomorrow, literally. Wouldn't you? Just do what you think. Just the anger you feel of someone even trying to work with them is like right to anything. Yeah, I would. Um, anyway, so and now that's out of the way. Congratulations, El Paolo. Um, we were going to talk about how you survive Christmas. Eating everything you can possibly eat and mourning about it in January. That's <laughs> about right. No, the reason, right, obviously, it's on trend again. You know, it's Christmas time. When this goes out, it'll actually be. February. Day before Christmas Eve, yeah, February. Oui. The day before Christmas Eve. So I don't think that name, that day, has a name other than the twenty third of December. Um, so it's probably a bit late, really, because I guess a lot of the tactics and things that we might have talked about in terms of surviving Christmas. I am emphasising surviving for a reason, which you'll find out in a moment why. Um, but a lot of those tactics will probably have been wasted now because you'd already had your Christmas parties, you know, your work parties, your nights out, and that shit. So all you've really got is Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and like New Year's Eve and the week between I guess where you're binging on Christmas chocolates to, to basically worry about um, but obviously if you really want to know about tips on how to survive then listen to last year's episode at this point because we did one about how to basically manage Christmas uh, might have even called it survive which is ironic given we're about to slate into people using the word survive <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest if I went through the podcast list I bet we did call it something like how to survive Christmas I'd almost guarantee Probably. it um, Probably. but it does show you how we've grown as a podcast um, in that, or even as fitness professionals, in that we're less. Um, what's the right word, Johnny? I'm, I'm not going to say moronic because that's not that's a bit too derogatory. But we're less like in the like in the typical fitness space. And I don't know really what the right word is in terms of like, oh, you know, people writing these survival guides to Christmas. Like, it's not fucking war. You're not surviving. You know, you're not living. Yeah, <laughs> you're not living. You're not homeless. You know, you're not having to survive on the streets. Like, how do I survive? Do I need to steal to to get some some food? Um, so. You know, good old Dan Mac. I think he put out something recently about surviving Christmas. Lol, <laughs> lol. No, to be fair, I did call him out and he just laughed, I think, because he said it's funny. But um, yeah, I don't like the word survive now. I, I might have used it in the past, but now I think about it, think, do you know what? Actually, it's really a bit, in my opinion, a bit presumptuous that people even need to survive Christmas. Like, fuck me, it's Christmas. Come on, it's a time to have joy and fun, not to think like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get through it. Yeah, like... But most of them do it, don't they? Ninety, like I say, ninety. Boy, yeah, but ninety percent of fitness professionals believe that people at Christmas go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be there. there. I got to be. I got to lose weight. Yeah. You know, even you're not like a top tier athlete, like which you can understand. Maybe a professional footballer who's got a game on Boxing Day, you absolutely should be eating more. You're know, what you're told because you're on three hundred grand a week. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for you know, Jane and John, which is going to lose a couple of yeah, Smith. I was going to say Dorp. That's dead people in there. James, in Wales, so it's got to be James, right? Yeah. If you want to lose, you know, a couple of stone, you know, get in shape for your holiday, whatever, it's like, do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want, but don't complain about it after. Absolutely that. I think, um, because obviously there's the, the, there are, there are a lot, basically a lot of the mainstream fitness professionals will come up with something along the lines of a survival guide to Christmas. Like, we know that, we've seen it, and it is boring as fuck to kind of see it. Um, but there is also kind of, I do feel there's like a, Compare opposites because there'll be some people like 
a bit like what I've just said and we've joked around, there'll be this kind of like the anti-diet side almost, if for want of a better phrase. I don't know if the anti-diet is exactly the right phrase or the right community, but there'll be an extreme, say, where they're like, you shouldn't think of anything about Christmas and you shouldn't do anything um, uh, in terms of what you might consider dieting or anything that you might consider healthful. And you should just go out and enjoy Christmas and binge on everything in sight. And I'm not sure even that's necessarily the right way either because I don't think that can be particularly helpful for a lot of people. I, I can't remember who it was. I had a conversation with someone once and it's kind of like, yes, I think for the most people you would say what you just said. Enjoy Christmas, you know, just like if you just want to lose a couple of stone, Christmas is nothing. You can just basically go all out and do what you like and just have fun at Christmas and it's not going to really affect your progress. But there are some people that generally will be or, or have more negative thoughts and outcomes and anxiety and all of the kind of like the negative emotions that go along with like feeling like you've gone backwards so there'll be people that have maybe worked really hard over the year um lost some weight or whatever whatever the goal is just let's just assume lost some weight and then they'll think it's christmas time i'll relax now um and they end up relaxing obviously putting on a bit of weight and stuff over the you know because it might be a case of like we've joked around on the last christmas episode like people will turn christmas into a whole fucking month or six weeks you know like the whole month of december and then a couple of weeks after january while they're using up the christmas leftovers and that can easily make a lot of detriment to your progress because obviously you can over consume for that amount of time you will likely put on you could easily undo a year's worth of work in six weeks if you kind of go all out um so i guess there's this thing of like well there'll be people that maybe kind of relax and do that and then come january around they're feeling like shit because they have undone an entire year's worth of work or they've done they've basically Got, let themselves get into a condition or detriment to their whatever their goal is way more than they wanted to just purely because people told them to enjoy Christmas and maybe they're like well actually I could have enjoyed Christmas without binging without going mad on the chocolates without going mad on the fucking Christmas dinners and stuff so I do feel like these these people telling people to either do one or the other do miss fundamentally one of the main things I think that should always kind of lend to people when if they're looking for kind of support and that's like individualized stuff. That's like, you know, do what you, makes you fucking happy. If people, if you want to count macros on Christmas Day and you want to kind of continue your diet or whatever, you know, approach you end up taking, do you know what? As long as genuinely you're doing it for the right reasons and it's not doing it because necessarily it is going to cause guilt or anxiousness if you don't, I think you should be able to do what you want. I don't think anyone should be looking at like down at people saying, what, you continued your diet through Christmas? What, you continued your diet because you felt that if you didn't continue your diet that you'd probably struggle to get back on it afterwards? It's like, well, maybe that's a good reason to continue your diet because I know, like, how many people like have a diet break and then they struggle to get back to dieting? Like, regardless of what, what time of year it is. Many, many people, right? Kind of like, well, that that can easily happen to people dieting over Christmas or like or dieting up to Christmas, say, and then you know they feel really proud and happy because they've got themselves some real, real momentum on stuff, you know, and they've now starting to find things easier because they have built these consistent habits, and then Christmas comes along and fucks it all up, and then they get into January and then they struggle and really struggle to get back into those habits again. That is something that can easily happen to a lot of people. So like for someone to say no anti diet crowd or you know. Again, I don't know if that's even the right the right term, but let's just you know, the, I'm sure the anti diet would be saying this type of stuff. You know, you have to relax at Christmas, you have to enjoy this stuff. I don't feel like necessarily that's even the right message either. I guess this comes down to a lot of stuff and the problems with global guidelines having like a message. It's always saying there's always two extremes to the argument, and but the, it's in the middle of where you need to be. Like 
if you, like I said, if you want to count macros at Christmas Day, if that's what you want to do, then carry on. But don't let people tell you you shouldn't be doing it when you want to do it. Because who says Christmas has to be a binge fest? Exactly. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's just people have made it into a binge fest. And then to make themselves feel better about themselves, they tell other people, yeah, do what you want to Christmas, eat loads, eat loads of shit, do what about the diet. And most of the time, most people who can't stick to dry in the first place anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's like, isn't Christmas effectively a religious event? Yeah, it's not. You know, a, it's, it's not necessarily a feast. It's just kind of tradition, or it's morphed into that over time and tradition, I suppose. It's Jesus's birthday, isn't it? It's Jesus's birthday, it, wherever it is. I, I, I don't know. thought that was April. Oh, I shit, he was alive twice, twenty. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> what was it? The reboot? Whatever. Whatever it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, no, it was Christmas when he was born, mate. I'm joking. But I'm mocking. In reality, in reality, if you're not religious, should it be celebrating Christmas, really? Because it's not really, even not religious, it shouldn't really mean anything to you. But however, we do. But people are made into a binge fest, isn't they? But it's just like the case of similar presents. There, many people are a dick swinging on Facebook, filling these settings with a present. I'm thinking, you fucking dick. That's what I think. So it's like you dick swinging. Like just keep it to your kids, keep it to yourselves, your kids, your families in Christmas. Stop dick swinging, with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a different thing. But it's like if you want to cut macros or you want to go mad, just accept your decision. And if you if you binge for six weeks. Do not complain in January when you're too stone heavier, you feel like shit, you're bloated, you've got diarrhea because you've eaten no fibre for fucking six weeks. Don't complain about it. But if you don't if you don't complain and you're happy and you're going, right, I know I fucked it up, I get back on to it, don't complain, good. Just don't complain about it. I think I think people will complain though. Um, I don't know if complain is the right word, but I will. People will probably feel sad and maybe express some negative emotions because they do feel guilty and they feel like, oh man, I didn't really want to do that, but it happened. Now I'm like in this place where fuck, like you say, I fucked up and thought of a better phrase. And I don't know if I feel like it's like I'm, I should, people shouldn't do that or not, or shouldn't complain or express that emotion because kind of like, I don't really blame them for that happening because it does happen to so many people, like the environment, the things you just said around how as a, from a traditional sense and a historic sense, it is turned into something where people are expected now to do that. So you know, like even even the New Year's Eve kind of resolution thing sets you up for a case of a Last Supper. It sets you up to think, right, I'm expected to do some New Year's Eve stuff uh, or New Year's resolutions come the New Year. So, like, as I know I'm doing that, I'll just make the most of it now before New Year's comes around. So all of that stuff is actually almost set up to, to lend itself mm. to people not being particularly successful. Don't know I hate as well. If you're speaking to someone like late November or December and they say, oh, I want to I wanna do this, I want to do this, I got to, in January, and I start this. Do now then, or get Christmas out of the way first. Mm-hmm. This is one day, mm-hmm. one day Christmas is. I would, you go shopping. It's like fuck me, come on. I was speaking to one of my good friends yesterday at a meal we went to, um, and he is known to have a little, a little flutter on on football and stuff. Like when I say little, quite a lot. Um, and he was saying about in the new year he's going to stop gambling. And I said exactly what you said. Why wait till New Year? I just got to get Christmas out of the way because there's good fixtures and stuff over it. I'm like. You want to stop gambling in January? You're not going to stop. Exactly, what I said. I said you're just not going to stop gambling in January because when's it ever going to end? There's always going to be something else. He said, "No, no, I just need a clean break and I just need something like Christmas to like let me go." And obviously, people have exactly the same like you just said in nutrition and kind of like diets or getting the physique or you know becoming healthy or whatever their goals are. People have the same premise where I just need to to kind of go out and do something this weekend and just get out of my system so I can start again on Monday. Problem is that then happens every fucking Monday because you feel restricted. And it's just you're not you're not you're not helping, but 
and the and and the, the resolutions are usually so far away from what the reality is going to be. It's not like they'll go from rather than saying I'm going to start training, I'll do one day a week. They'll go yeah and start training five times a week. And you ain't going to do it because mm-hmm. you can't do it. And you're not training now. You don't go to five times a week. If you do, well, do you it, may have the odd. Yeah, if you do do it, it's for like two weeks. Yeah, may have the odd one or two who stick to it for you know for a while. Like I'm like just at least give yourself give yourself some realistic expectations. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I never have a new resolutions. I just if I need if I think oh I need to do something, I just do it now or tomorrow or whatever it needs to be in it rather than wait until the jam. Because you know you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll wait till the jam you do it and you don't do it. So just do it now. No. Well, the thing is, like if people like if people did want to lose weight, that starting like as soon as possible, i.e. before Christmas, means that when Christmas comes around, they're already on a head start. And then when even if they do binge over Christmas, it then means that well they're already head start ahead of themselves when they would have been. So even if they binge over Christmas, they're still ahead of themselves than they would have been if they didn't. So the fundamental point of starting after Christmas is a ridiculous concept. Even I get yeah. why I get why people because there's some there must be something wired in our heads where we kind of feel like we need this clean break and we just need to get this. You know I don't know the mechanisms or premise behind why the last supper effect, as I like to call it, is a thing, but it definitely is a thing. The amount of people that I know do it like where well, if they know they're starting to diet on Monday, they will smash everything over the weekend just to get it out of the system so that they you know kind of don't feel deprived, which is ironic because you then feel more deprived when you can't then have it the following week because you had it before. Now you're like I definitely can't have it now. And if you're bloated and iron and watery, if I if I shit for a couple of days, like for things against, I just feel shit. You feel bloated. I, I can go up a belt size sometimes if you do if you eat shit. Not now, I don't do it now, but used to it's like freaking hell, this is no good. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't know if we really maybe we're, I don't know if we've got more drag. We kind of round up really, I suppose, unless there's more I would say do what you think you 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 need to know yourself. If you understand the right if I do this now, I'm gonna feel terrible in January and struggle to get back on the diet, it's gonna make me and I'll say depressed, but you know what I mean, you know, it's gonna make me unhappy. I got something to aim for in I got an Ollie next year, I'm getting my whatever it is. And you know it's gonna be detrimental to your goal that if you've done it, you're gonna be unhappy about. Mm-hmm. Then think, right, actually, that long term goal is more important to me than filling my face five weeks straight, even though Christmas is like, you know, a couple of days and New Year's and stuff, then you can eat well on Christmas Day, but then just use your head on other days. Like the amount of people I see at my old gym now, because I'll start training now for a week or two, from from Friday to the to January the 1st, literally every time I go to the gym, you know that. Mm-hmm. So people stop training totally. It's like, mm, right, okay. It's like, well, Why? Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah, but why? What's that? Why does that well, sound? I've got a party tomorrow. I'm going to be drinking, so I might as well not bother tonight. And then, obviously, I'm going to be hungover, so I won't bother that day. And then, because I ain't trained all week, I'll just won't bother that week, and I'll just start again next week. Oh, and there's another Christmas party next week, so actually, I'll start the week after. And... Like to me, that mentality will. If you got depending on your goals, if you've got really big goals, that mentality means you'll never get there. Because mm-hmm. it's always goals, something. Any goals? Like, I don't think it'd be big goals. If you've got any goals? Yeah. Like that mentality won't get you there. Yeah. Like I said, if you've got. If you've got, if you're an athlete, I don't any athletes be listening to this, but still, if you're an athlete or you're a professional or a bodybuilder or something like that, then you probably should be careful what you eat, especially if, if you're around competition season, especially footballers, because they are paid mega money. So, because they train Christmas a day, they should be eating well. 
You know what I mean? Not saying they should have Christmas dinner because they probably do, but and it's easy to be honest. Christmas dinner can, with a couple of small manipulations, can still be a reasonably low calorie. Say reasonably in, in air quotes in terms of you know even a footballer who's going to have a high caloric output because of the amount of training they do, they can easily get away with and a very large, what most people consider a very um, indulgent Christmas meal. In yeah, way of it. So, hundred percent. Mm. But if let's say you're, I don't know, someone who's lost a stone. Let's say over the last couple of months, who is, I'm not saying psychologically damaged, but has been a typical yo-yo diet, uh, puts it on, loses it, puts it on, loses it, because they don't know, understand what causes weight loss. Now you've gone on the right track, you know it causes weight loss, but you're you still... You haven't fundamentally ground, like, got those habits ingrained. They're not, yeah. they're not grounded in no. so that you're, you know, they're there to fall back on. Yeah, so you're still, you're still learning. And if you then go ask Christmas, you will mess it up. You will gain it all and probably more. And then you will feel bad. And then what might even happen is, oh, I can't diet tight. It's not for me. And I'll just stay, well, whatever, stay fat forever. And that's what happened. People do do it. And it's like, I told you, I told you repeatedly, I've had clients in the past that don't do it. Because if you do do it, you will undo it all. And... Sometimes they do it. They go, man, I told you so. I'm like, listen, do. But that's up to them, man. It's up to them to go, right, it's my mistake. And go from there. But you need to know yourself. You? If you know, you can easily get back on it, fill your face, and the next day, right, sound, boxing day, great, I'll just fast or whatever. Then fine, do what you want. Yeah. But if you know you can't, then you're better off reining it in a bit. Yeah. No, I, I think that does exactly what it is. You know yourself and be an individual and in terms of kind of like, I need to understand that my whatever my approach is isn't what i should be getting off a fucking fitness podcast or someone's instagram you know i shouldn't be trying to follow survival tips for christmas i should be thinking about what's the the longer term stuff and kind of what's right for me and in my scenario and how my kind of like food relationships are and how my um kind of attitudes to stuff is i think that's kind of the main thing that a lot of these posts miss out like individualism so as, as i said kind of at the start of it because I just don't like the the kind of like generic. This is what should be done and what shouldn't be done. Um, not all are like that, I suppose. There'll be some out there that say, "Look, if you want to do something, here are some tips." Brilliant. That's some good advice. Because like, if someone wants to say survive Christmas in their quotes, here are some tips to not overeat or not eat as much. They can be some useful posts and some some kind of useful tips for maybe for people. But I suppose it's the premise again. Like we joke around like the, the term surviving. Like, come on, it's Christmas. You don't need to survive Christmas. You know, it's not life and death. It's not war. However. Even though that even that attitude of like oh it's a joke you know you shouldn't be surviving Christmas even that might not be right for some people because of the the examples we've given about people that don't want to kind of lose track or like momentum on their progress and that type of stuff so which is where the individual lies you kind of need to think for yourself thing comes in yeah exactly I think peer pressure was a result doesn't it people expect you to eat loads of stuff and they look at you funny if no I actually don't want that chocolate or I don't want that cake or whatever I, I i do i do think like the mindfulness techniques are really useful on days like christmas and holidays and stuff like that so just basically thinking about you know setting some time aside to when you do eat that you're not distracted thinking about the types of foods you want and make sure they're satisfying but make sure they are also listening to your hunger cues and what you want um i think those types of things are really useful at things like christmas because you can quite easily like you say just if not just peer pressure eat or just habit eat or just 
kind of like um, circumstancy. So because it's Christmas and there's chocolates around, I'll just pick on every now and then. And you don't actually really want them. And that's only till afterwards when you realise that you didn't really want them and they didn't actually improve your experience of Christmas one iota. A lot of people on Christmas Day, I think, can do that, can binge and feel sick. And they realise, did it add to my enjoyment over Christmas? Because I, I I was kind of like gluttonous the entire way through the day and you know i started my day with chocolate biscuits and you know celebrations and then i had like a full fucking bacon egg sausage sandwich then we had christmas turkey lunch and mince pies and oh i had four helpings of christmas pudding and then obviously you kind of go down to the cold buffet and you eat all the stuff and you think you wake up next day feeling like oh my god but but that's including all the beer on top people think did it actually make my christmas more enjoyable or could i have just had like a normal breakfast a nice indulgent lunch with you know some dessert and stuff and maybe just pick at some cheese and crackers in the evening or whatever i fancy and feel much better and not actually have any difference in enjoyment i think that's fundamentally a lot of the problem as well 100 percent. but and what people will do is they'll feel like shit in the next one they'll carry on eating even though your body's telling you like i'm not angry don't give me any more yeah. for god's sake because I, I had that exact same i went when we go what day is it friday night mm-hmm. went for a sri lanka in cardiff and it was like it's there's a lot of coconut, just like quite fat heavy. <clears throat> and you could forget, you think, oh, I feel a bit free and thingy. Because I did all, oh, like, it's only my one Christmas, I say Christmas party, I'll, I'll just eat whatever. Yeah. It wasn't a riff, it wasn't like 5,000 calories or whatever, but it's probably three, probably. <clears throat> so I thought, oh, the next day, I was like, oh, I don't feel like eating. Like, if a thing is telling me, like, don't so eat. Just don't eat, yeah. So I didn't. So I, I, I think I had some in two o'clock in the afternoon. And that was it, all day. And then today, you know, I've eaten once at nine and once at eight. Yeah. Two hours apart. I just, I just, well, that's, that, usually, that's... usually I would do something just to chase up or get a protein. But actually, gone, well, actually, it's an indulgent time of year. I'll just leave it. Mm-hmm. So I, I could probably save myself two and a half thousand calories these last two days. So if I get just eat normally now the next two days, which I will, then I'm going to be well on track for Christmas or probably... I probably would lose over Christmas, more than likely. Well, that, that's where the mindful stuff comes in. You're just exactly what you're doing. You're thinking, hang on a minute, I don't even feel hungry, so why am I having breakfast the next day? You know, I had a big meal yesterday, and it's made me feel like I don't even really want to eat. That's exactly what we're talking about. Now, I am a bit conscious that we do come across a bit judgmental sometimes in like these types of podcasts. So, like, it, I know we've we've kind of tried not to be, and we tried to be quite balanced. Don't feel like we're being judgmental because a lot of this stuff isn't easy. A lot of the things we're saying, people should and shouldn't do. Um, or could and can't do could and can't yeah is that right could and can't yeah right. <laughs> could and, I don't know if that's right could and can't do um, like it, it, we're not we're not saying like it's easy like even the things about being mindful or how you should maybe treat like, or how you could treat Christmas um, a lot of those things we talked about is really fucking hard and we all still suffer from ourselves in terms of like the binge eating behaviours and circumstance eating and stuff like that. That's not easy and a lot of people do struggle with them. So we're not saying like, oh, you know, this is what you should do. If you just do that, you're going to be golden because, you know, you might have all the great intentions, but it just not work out that way, which is basically how diets and nutrition works because of many multi multifactorial stuff. So, um, yeah, I just don't want to come across as like we're telling people to, to kind of do certain things or we're saying like certain ways are easy. And if you do it, then like I say you're, you're good because it's not necessarily the case. I think better my people need to know that we've actually been drastically overweight as well. So we've done all these things. So we're not preaching well, from so a place of... Yeah, we're preaching from our experiences, definitely. And I might yeah, still so not, not be... preaching from... Go on. Go on. There you go. You go yeah, we're, not, we're not a fit pro who's always had abs all their life. No. So we're not like saying, no, this is what you need to do. We've never done it ourselves. So we know exactly what to do. And even our place of experience might not be right for everyone. 
So. Well, it's not going to be, is it? Because everybody's different. That's when you didn't know yourself. Is that your cat, Jonathan? Yeah, she's doing my head in. Is it? Is it got like some sort of prey? Shut up. Is it? Oh, Johnny just kicked it. No, I tried to kick it and missed. <laughs> I was joking. Hang on, let me let it out. Hold on, let me just bury its head in this litter tray and see if it stops like wriggling around. Um, right, for listeners, we don't really have a um, ending or roundup. I think we just round up. We um, so uh, this is where I'd usually move on to the feature of good product, bad product, but. We haven't really got a good product, bad product, so I can't really move on to that. So I think, Johnny, unless you've got anything good or bad you've tried this week in terms of products, we'll uh, we'll skip on. Good product, good product, bad. I used to think what I had. I had a Sri Lankan. That's not a good you product. You told us about itself, that. But it was, it was something that I've, I've never had before. Sri Lankan food. And it was decent. They had some, it was called, what was it called? It was like a starter, it was like a pancake with a fried egg in the middle with a bit of with some... Uh, peppers, spices around it, and it was pretty nice actually. Was it like a chapati or that type of thing? Yeah, you say pancake, like a yeah, a like a, and it was because I think so. Isn't Sri Lankan food quite inspired by like Indian and um, like Indian Caribbean type stuff? Maybe a bit yeah. of French thrown in there. A lot of lot of curry, curryish sort of stuff, and it was a few fishy based things. All the tapas stuff it was like yeah. oh, that good. was good. good. Bad. Okay. Um, the Sri Lankan food. <laughs> the Sri Lank- I bet the desserts weren't good though. I always the, find dessert, like- the dessert was um, a pan. It was like a pancake with coconut ice cream on top. I thought you were going to say it's like a pancake with egg and peppers or something. Yeah. <laughs> the dessert was it wasn't bad, but it was it wasn't the best. So we go there. Okay. Mainly was good. The dessert not so good. Right on that note, then we'll say um, pour favor, shall we? Is that goodbye? No, it's it's like thank you. No, it's please. I was just trying to be funny because obviously, never mind. Right, that joke's well lost, isn't it? Uh, on that note, au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Hello, it's me again. It's Brett. I just wanted to come back to wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>